Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Mezcal Collective at Las Perlas, we had Arturo and Julio Palencia in the house, representing Convite Mezcal. We got to taste through their entire line. It was an incredible, fun night. Tell your friends about this podcast and please listen to it responsibly, which means keep your eyes on the road. Right. Ah, yes. Whoa. I'm standing right in front of the speaker, which is super smart. I, this is called sound design, Andrew. I did it. I did it to myself. I did it to myself. Welcome to the Mezcal Collective, everyone. Thanks for coming out tonight. On, ladies and gentlemen, we have some wonderful Mezcal to taste through tonight. We're going to taste through the Convite line, which is brought to us here in America by our two guests. So please give it up for Arturo and Julio. Uh, hold on. Hold on. I got to get their last names up. Palencio. Palencio. Thanks for coming out, guys. Thank you so, so much. So the brothers, you guys, you guys started bringing mezcal into the country how many, how many years ago now? Well, uh, we started in the industry this since 2007. Hi. How you doing, by the way? Thank you so much for coming. And actually, before that we start talking about Convite, I want to take this opportunity to thank Pedro and all the family for Las Perlas for having us. So it was great to be here. Yeah. We feel like in home, emblematic mezcalería in the country. So it's also great to bring a new project and talk to you about it. Well, man, we're, we're honored to have you. And we, we just want to help keep telling the story of Oaxaca and the people who make this amazing, magical spirit that we all love, you know? Awesome, awesome. Uh, and also, guys, thank you so much for coming. It really means a lot to us. Uh, this is the second mezcal project that we're working on. Coming back to the question, uh, I have been in the industry since 2005. Uh, when I was back in Mexico City, I helped to develop a tequila brand. You know, 19 years old, working at a tequila brand. Pretty much what I was doing, it was having a lot of fun and drinking a lot of tequila. Uh, but that experience gave me the opportunity to learn about agave, heritage, learn about mezcal. And in 2007, we started a brand called Mestizo Mezcal. So since 2007, we've been working in the mezcal world, trying to bring heritage recipes from families uh, to the States. And today we're bringing a new one, Convite. Is this the launch of Convite right it's, here? It's been six months in the country, but pretty much this is kind of the first events that we've okay. been doing and the first mezcalería event for sure that we have done in the country. So Convite, what does that mean? So Convite, uh, the word Convite is an old Spanish word that means celebration. Yeah. And later when we see the art of the bottle, you're going to see the representation in the art of the bottle that represents the wild agave from the region the artisanal process, the Mexican traditions, the other los muertos, mariachis, and the city. So it's one word that represents Mexico. Convite, celebration. That's what it means. That's cool. And you guys are based out of DFA. You guys are based out of Mexico City? So we are from Mexico City originally. Uh, all our partners are back in Oaxaca, yeah. especially with Convite. It's from San Baltasar de la Vila, small town, about an hour and a half outside from Oaxaca City. How and did you find this family that was this little village Palenque, right? Like yeah, it's pretty a little... much just making mezcal for their local populace originally for, for many generations, yeah? Correct. Fifth generation mezcal producers. You know, I was working in the, our first mezcal project, Mestizo, and I have the opportunity to, to travel around, meet families, and that's how we met. It's the Hernandez Martinez family, fifth generation, making mezcal in the small batches, and most important, taking care of the wild agaves from the region. That's one of the first things that we noticed that they were doing, and that's why we decided to bring them here. They take good care of the land. They're like planting as they're harvesting. We planted it. They don't harvest everything. They let the natural reproduction happen by itself. 
So when you find someone, like, you just walk up and be like, I'm going to buy everything you guys got, or how does it work? Because, I mean, obviously they want to keep making it for their, for their village as well, right? Correct. So, no, actually, you know, we, we met them about, you know, four or five years ago. They, we were in Oaxaca. They were showing us what we were doing. We tried their mezcal, and for about five years, we've been in conversations. We were trying to figure out how to make it happen. Exactly that, trying to have a little volume so we can bring it to the States. And, you know, right. they still have some mezcal for Oaxaca and Mexico. And that's tricky because, like, they're doing it, if they're doing it truly in that ancestral way, then they're only making it, like, maybe once or twice a year? Or, like, how yeah. often are they making maybe it? Maybe four batches a year. So, yeah, yeah you're so right you're about that. So you're asking to, like, do something that's very out of the ordinary. You yeah, know? pretty much. At least for the wild agave expressions. Uh, but for, you know, the Spadin, that's, that's the farm agave that they also have in the region. There's a little more than that. And that's what we have in our glasses now is the Espadin, right? First so, in the glass. It's important for Mezcal fans to know that Espadin is, is a pretty sustainable varietal. Like in terms of the Mezcals that you want to drink on a daily basis, go with the Espadin. If you can find an Espadin that you love, I would encourage you to drink that and save the wild stuff for more special occasions because it's really rare and hard to make. And this stuff is much more sustainable. As well, you guys are proofing this down, right? So you're bringing it down to 80 proof. That stretches it out, makes it good for cocktails, right? That's what this is kind of designed for? Correct. So pretty much the first mezcal that you guys are going to have is the Espadin expression. Uh, you're right. This is the expression, you know, the agave Espadin is the one that is most commonly used today in the production of mezcal. Between 70 to 80% of the production of mezcal today come from the Espadin. Uh, this is exactly that. They are having this farm agave Espadin produced for introductory kind of mezcal for people to sip it or use it in a cocktail. That's what yeah. they do it. Uh, but important to mention, in the region, this agave takes about 10 years to mature. All the process, even though it's watering down, you know, to prove to 80 proof, it's been really, really artisanal since the beginning. You know, they wait until the agaves reach maturity, about 10 years to mature. They roasted the agave on the ground uh, with encino wood, a very local dry wood that they find on the mountains when they, you know, harvest the mezcal. They use a taona for the grounding of the mezcal. Also, natural fermentation by wild yeast, open container, of course, like, you know, most of the artisanal mezcals. And they use alambique for the distillation. Double the steel and then wire down proof to 80. So if you didn't understand all that, the tahona is that big stone wheel. So instead of using some kind of ro metal roller mill to mash up the cooked agave, the traditional method is to use like a burrow and pull a stone wheel around to crush it. And then scoop all of that, your mosto, into this big tina where it ferments. And traditionally, again, they didn't have, you know, it wasn't like these folks out in the high mountains of Oaxaca were like, let's go to the grocery store and grab a big bag of yeast. That was not happening. <laughs> the yeast occurred naturally just from the local trees, the local fruits, all those kinds of things. So fermentation could take a long time. So let's smell this together, guys. Stick your nose in that glass. Breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you reminded of as you smell this 80-proof mezcal? Now, so if it's watered down to proof, it might be a little harder to smell because higher alcohol content actually pushes that flavor profile forward in your palate. When you water it down, it could be the, a little harder to pick up the notes. But I think the, the smoke is really strong in this. It's like, it's got this dense smokiness. Yeah, it's the kind of wood that they, you know, that the family used for the rusting. You know, the Encino is a dry wood. Yeah. So it's a very robust kind it's of wood. dry hardwood. But also, something important to mention, in that region, you know, it's high altitude. It doesn't rain that much. So also, the agave is rich a lot of sugars in the maturity time. So you know the robust kind of smoke combined with the sweetness of the agave, I think balance beautiful. Nice little sipper. So what's the bottle price on this? If I was going to get a bottle of the of the Espadine, 
And this bottle looks very different than every other bottle, right? But it still says Combite. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's like a, more like a friendly for the bar. That's okay. why it's a tall bottle, oh, so it's easy okay. for the well. But oh, okay. And the liquor store, you know, around 42, okay. 40, 42 to 45 dollars, depends. Yeah, it's very, very smooth, it, it clean, great on the palate. So, do, did you design it for any specific cocktails in mind? Is this like your mezcal margarita, or what did you have in mind? A Paloma? Did you have a specific cocktail that I love this the, was designed for? I love the Paloma, also, you know, the mezcal mules. You oh. know, ginger beer with this kind of mezcal, I think yeah. balance really beautiful. That sounds great. All right, so Bambino's going to come around now with the second one, but this is the, the, the actual not watered down. This is the real mezcal this, here. We're going to get there yet. Uh, yeah. What, what varietal? Is this, is this going to be a blend? Is this going to be espadine with some wild stuff? or what, what, what is this second one here? So the second one here is going to be a blend, correct? It's going to be 60% espadine, 40% uh -huh. madrequiche. Madrequiche. So in average, those agaves, you know, takes 12 years to mature. Uh, we're going to jump a little bit in alcohol proof. It's going to be 42%. So not as high as the other ones, but, you know, a little bit higher. And the idea behind that one is also to have a sip mezcal that you can just enjoy it and welcome people to get into the wild agaves, but before go to the, you know, coyote, jabalí, or the most. And then, so that's, complex. again, are you, are you watering still. it down to proof or using the heads and tails to bring it down to proof? This one is still uh, heads and tails. Oh, to get so no to the, water, no, no water. water. It's heads and tails to, you know, bring it down. Bring it down, yeah. So but it's still a slow. It's you know, small percentage of alcohol here. Interesting. And same palenque. Same palenque, same family, same process. The only thing that's changing here is the agave. As I said, 60% espadín, 40% madre cuiche. So in order to keep up with the demand, when you guys are offering this espadín expression, did they have to add tinas or did they have to add stills or anything like that? that this little palenque? This is little palenque. They only have eight tinas, about 200 liters each. And, you know, they just keep producing as much as they can, but that's it. They man. just upped the amount upped of the batches. amount and tried to do a little more batches, but that's it. So the idea behind them is not to become a massive brand. They just really want to have a well-balanced mezcal that you can try it. And most important for them, the whole idea that you try the agave flavors. Yeah. That's, that's what they are all about. That's beautiful. So in, in terms of how many bottles are they getting out of a batch? Because I know it can take weeks to months just to go from the beginning of like roasting and fermenting and then distill and, and you know, then the distillation. It can, and if they're really small stills, it can take days once they start the distillation just to get through that one batch. Correct. So how many bottles are, get, are they getting out of a batch? So it depends on the batch and depends on the agave that they're using. But you know, the process is about six weeks for them to produce 200 liters if they're gonna just use one wow. fermenter or if they're gonna use the eight fermenters, right? Pro the time wouldn't change, it's the same process. You know, the roasting, the grounding, you know, the fermentation, the distillation, the same. So six weeks at least for each batch. But as I say, it depends what they're doing and how much agave they have, it's gonna be the so the number they, of bottles that they can produce. So what's the max you think they can produce? So out for of this a one, the max that they can produce a year is about a thousand uh, bottles. Wow, a year. So really rare stuff. Only a thousand uh, bottles in a, a year's year. worth of production. <laughs> we could drink that here at Las Perlas, I think. Yeah, but in this one bar. Yeah, in a week. In a week. <laughs> she, she's pretty ambitious. It's, it's going to be a very hungover week. I have a feeling now. This and what is what is this one called? It just, does it say ensemble? It's just a blend, or? ensemble. Ensemble. Espadín Madre Cuiche. Okay. And, and, here, and the Madre Cuiche, the Madre Cuiche is a, is it's got more of a barrel, like a trunk, right? Correct. 
grows very tall. It's a so different style. It's not on the ground. It comes. It's got like a barrel for a trunk kind of thing, similar to the, the way that the barrel looks a little bit. Correct. And then a big spiky top. Correct. So more fibrous. More fibrous, correct. Maybe more minerally. I don't know. What are you guys getting as you smell this uh, this mezcal here, the Ensemble? Uh, buttered popcorn. This is not a reposado, though. Are you guys resting this in a barrel? No, not at all. Mm, I any any of butter. the convite mezcals ever go to the barrels. Only joven. What are you guys getting? What do you smell? When you stick your nose in that glass, what are you reminded of? Caramel. Caramel. That's cool. He said butter, too. So I get a little cacao. This is what I get in this one. Cacao? Another cacao flavor in cacao? there. Cacao? I get a, get a, a nice earthiness, like petrichor. This like that wet earth. And I, I attribute that to that longer stock of the Maracuche. Bambino's coming around right now. I'm not even done with the second one yet. Why are you guys rushing? They just want me to leave. Uh, <laughs> Let's not rush Mexico. This is extremely precious juice. A thousand bottles a year. Maybe, Have respect for the spirit. Slow it down, baby. Maybe Slow we, can, it down. we can also pass the bottle now so people can see the art. You okay. Know, like Good that's, idea. That's okay. So Arturo's going to pass the bottle around. Check out the bottle art. It's a really beautiful package. And again, it, it's about that respect and, and really revering this juice. It's it represents a whole culture, and we have to respect it because if we were to get too greedy with this, it won't be around. We have to figure out a way to sustainably reproduce this and make it good for the people of Oaxaca as well. Correct. Just because it gets popular doesn't mean it's good for the people. So it has to be a way that it's like, yeah, we can bring this spirit to the world, but we can also better the infrastructure of, of us a very large but also impoverished in a lot of places. Uh, part of the of, of Mexico, you know, Oaxaca. I've seen, you know, we can make things a lot better there for I the agree. people. You know, one hundred percent. You know, one of the reasons why we decided to work with them too, because we're partnering with the family. Yeah. And the family, you know, is making the right things, helping the community, bringing more people, you know, together to work together to preserve what is there, agave mezcal, and the. Traditions. And it's an interesting thing down in Oaxaca. In case you didn't know, um, the the land is is public, so everyone shares the land. So if you're going to go and harvest the wild agaves, you actually have to like do community service basically as part of your, your kind of work exchange because it's it's shared commonwealth of land there. Correct. What, what do you that's call it? I'm saying commonwealth, we, that's what we say up here, but what do you describe so that? So in like, Spanish we use something, it, it's called something, usos and costumbres, so uses and customs. That means exactly, you're from there, you inherit the land and everything that's around it. So nobody owns the land, people as you say can go to the heels, harvest the agave they want, but the most important thing that they have to make sure that, you know, they replant or they keep some agaves there so they can reproduce and nobody, you know, extinct some of the species that they have in the village. Right. And that's a little bit hard to enforce because yes. Oaxaca is big and yes. there's not a lot of police down there no. or anything like that. It's pretty much like do what you want. People yep. are good to each other because they want to be good to each other, not because there's the law around, yep. you know? So yep. Yeah, the it's, government is not really involved. Yeah, the government doesn't really pay that much attention to Oaxaca. No. So it can be a little bit of a cowboy scene. So it's it's incumbent upon the people who love the agave and love the land and want to make the community a better place to kind of police themselves. Yeah, correct. To so, get back to the land, get back to the villages. Yeah, how I see it, you know, they want to keep the heritage, you know, and they try to protect it. That's kind of how I see it. Because coming from Mexico City, that really doesn't happen in the city. Well, yeah, sometimes I feel like like Oaxaca feels a world away from Mexico City, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it feels like it's very, like very, far, very far, very <laughs> far. Well, cool. So, Bambino, did you come around with the, with the next one already or not? I didn't get one. Oh. 
just yanking my chain. All right. Last bucket. Oh, ah, ah. <laughs> it's all right. It's a men's call emergency. Gracias, hermano. Thank you, sir. Oh, my God. He drinks it. See, he, <laughs> he hands me an empty glass because he drinks it on the way over here. That's what really happens. Also, see, see, people have the bottle, uh, you know, the bottle, the, the shape of the bottle represents like the old containers where they used to store as the mezcal. This is Julio talking now. Yeah. Like the clay pots then? Like, yeah, that's what there's some black representing the clay pots. And, ah, then, and then the glass ones too, yeah. So Oaxaca is famous for this black clay. They have the most, in Oaxaca City, the most amazing black clay like pottery. Like yeah. it's incredible. And that's it goes deep in their culture. So you're saying that you, you're emulating that black clay pot with the bottle design. Correct. That's really, really cool. So what is this one here, this third one? So this the next one is going to be the tobala. Yeah. Yep. Julio, oh take, my. It, take it away. <laughs> take it away. So Julio, <laughs> tell us about the tobala. Well, this is a, a wild agave. Uh, it's the second most common agave in Oaxaca. Okay. But it's a small plant. It, it takes about 12 years in average to reach maturity. Uh, and then you'll find like different notes in this one as well. You said it's the second most common? Yep. Yes. After Spadin, uh -huh. the Tobala is the one that is more commonly used in the production of mezcal. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it was really rare because it's so small. Yes. Yep. But, you know, only takes between 12 to 14 years to mature and you can find them in more regions. Really? So it's the second most used today. Yeah. It's, it's been cultivated too. And it's been cultivated now as well. Yeah. Oh, so. there's wild agave tobalas and cultivated tobalas. And so that's a big thing that's been changing in the last 10 years is people playing around with actually trying to put starts and like have little agave nurseries and trying to basically get the plants to grow in a cultivated situation and then putting in them out in the wild so correct that's new that's a newer process just because the demand has gotten so high correct so i didn't know that are you guys doing tobala starts uh for them yeah the, the family they're doing, doing yes. it yes okay so they have like a greenhouse or how's yeah, it Yeah, it's like a very small greenhouse that they're trying to, you know, start serving, you know, all the seeds and start to taking care of the tobala. And do you guys, I mean, obviously, like, traditionally, agaves are not watered, right? So in, in an effort to kind of speed things up, are you guys going out and watering the agaves now or anything no. like that? No, no, pretty much what you do, you know, when you harvest agave and you take the seeds, you know, you plant it in the beginning, let's say for the first year or two, and you just take, make sure that if it's not ra raining that much, maybe you get a little water. If it's raining a lot, maybe you cover it a little bit, but it's not something that you're really farming. It's kind of like a, you know, small right. kind of farm, semi-farming, I would call it, you know. Once they reach two years, three years, you plant it in the wild, and you just let it grow by itself naturally. That's the so process in Oaxaca. This is the beautiful Tobala, the queen of the agaves here, so... Stick your nose in that glass. What are you reminded of? How is it different from the first two expressions, which were espadín dominated, right? Very different plant. The espadín is big and spiky. The tobala is tiny, and it's like it looks like this like perfect fractal jewel. You know, it's it's a beautiful little plant. Minerals. What's the proof on this one? That's uh, forty-two too. So well. yeah, so 80, 84, 84, proof. 84 as well. So again, acetone. Okay, yes, yeah, so that okay. when they're using heads and tails to bring it down to proof, so you might get some of those. Those are the notes that you get off of the heads. Like what first comes off the still are those radicals, like the acetone and uh, isopropyl notes, kind of, uh, or yeah, nail polish remover, um, which is acetone, or, or um, paint thinner, you know? Oh, wow, I like that. That's an easy sipper. That's really nice. 
Sweeter and lighter, yeah. yeah. Really beautiful. Is that the yeah. right? Yeah, I love Tawala. Tawala. Yeah. The finish is nice. Like yeah. It's smoky, but it's also got almost like an umami quality to it. It's like, it's almost meaty. It's, it just is satisfying, you know? Like, it's got a proteinous kind of feeling on the back of the palate. Is this 100% Tobolavin? 100%, yeah. Now That's we're going to start single variety right now. So what's the, what's the bottle price on this? It's amazing. That one goes around, you know, $50. Around Whoa. 50 You know, depends where you get it, right? 100% Tobolavin for only 50 bucks. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. There are, it's a little bit cooler on the palate. But honestly, in my experience traveling down there, people like the lower proof stuff. They yep. don't want, like, we're, we Americans, we're like, I like it 95. I like 100 proof. But down there, they drink it like at 80 proof, and they'll have a glass of water in the other hand. Yeah. Like, they go slow. They respect this spirit a lot. They don't just yeah. shoot it. Yeah, important to mention, you know, all the... This the, is to sip. This is not... I wouldn't, not I wouldn't think it, this, not is not a, it, yeah. this is not a shot. It's not a cocktail. This is to savor and really, you know, take your time with, you know. And it's affordable at $50 a bottle. That's a ridiculous price. But they're able to do that because it's a lower proof. Lower you can stretch. Proof, yeah. You know what? Also very important to mention, this is the Maestro Mescalero recipe. That's the way that he has it making it. And that's he's not trying to do this for the American consumer. That's how he likes it. That's how he likes that's it. That's how he likes it. That's so what that's I was saying. Like when a lot of times when you go down to Oaxaca, they'll be drinking like a little tiny copita and a glass of water. Like there'll be some mamacita and she's sitting outside her little house yep. and she sips her mezcal slowly with you know, like with the with the glass of water, they really respect it. It's like it's magic, it's medicine. You know, it's like it goes really deep. But you know, also also the region depends on the agave grows. You know, you're gonna get the terroir of the region as well. So it could be an espadina tobala. I get a lot of herbaceousness off of that tobala though, like a green. It's very verdant to me. Like it's, um, I want to say like like. Um, Darker than a bell pepper, maybe like a nopale, you know, like uh, have you had like cactus before, you know, like that dark green, like really leafy, like almost like fern, you know. You know, also something so that Tobala was amazing, right? And for 50 bucks a bottle, I want to get one for my house. Is That's that like, right? <laughs> it's a great sipper. I love the Tobala. It's one of my favorite varietals. For me as well. I just love how green it tastes and it's just like such a balance of like earth and that just get the essence of the plant to me, I think. I mean, I don't know. I've never eaten agave. <laughs> but I love how green it, it tastes. Oh, the grassiness in there, right? I wouldn't even say it was grassiness. It's something like a bell pepper or a, something like a pepper. There you know? yeah. But okay. like something very green and almost like a fern, like eating a, a fern. But I'm from Oregon. I love so it. Like I love it. I love the way that you describe is. it. <laughs> um, so this one. This is the Tepestate. So tell us about this varietal a little bit. All right. So now we're going to start jumping into something very special now. Yeah. Julio, or maybe Julio, Julio. wants to tell us yeah. about it. Uh, yeah, please. So yeah, Tepestate is very special. Uh, this plant takes about 25 years in average to reach maturity. So, you know, some can take long, longer or shorter. And also, uh, one important thing is to talk about like the wild agaves is the output or how much uh, agave you need to make one liter, right? Yeah. So right now for this bottle, on top of the 25 years in average to reach maturity, we also need about uh, uh, 50 pounds of, uh, of agave per liter. Yes. What? Uh, uh, yes. 50 so pounds. So no, only 25 years to mature. Yeah, it makes me want to cry. So to compare that with other agaves, for example, uh, a tequila is like you need uh, 10 pounds for Blue, Blue Weber agave. Yeah. Uh, Espadín will be 20 pounds. 
the Toba is about uh, 30, you know, and now we're talking about 50 and 25 years. So that's wow. also what the price is changing yeah, when you're that's buying a different. Big jump. But yeah. how come? What is it so fibrous and dry that it doesn't have much juice to offer? Is that what it is? Yeah. So so yeah, it's you know less sugar, less you know alcohol content that it's gonna wow. give you. Yeah. Wow. And That's you know crazy. this this the pistache also is kind of like known for, like the white truffle of the agaves. Not oh. only for the time that it takes to mature, but also because it's very delicate, very hard to distill. So not that many people actually can produce a good pistache. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you think about it, it's like. When we think about whiskeys or rums, those are all about the age that the spirit's been in the barrel. But this is about the age that this plant has been out in the yeah. desert, yeah. living on its own without anyone taking care of it or watering it or anything. You know, if you're from that region, you're a descendant, you, you inherit the region. So people, the local community really try to protect what they have. Not everybody is responsible. Not everybody will take care of what they have. Some people will just harvest and don't care about it. But families like the, like the Hernandez family, generation they try not to harvest everything they leave some natural reproduction happens they take some seeds they try to plant. you know it's yeah. it's according to the family you're supposed to be planting as you're harvesting of course enforcement like i said is really hard down there but the people who respected the people of those communities they know what it could bring to their communities so they want to make it sustainable for themselves you know what i mean is the plant like abundant because i was wondering do people see the agave in a certain community and maybe I don't know. I'm just worried about like theft or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, how do they protect the the crop? They, you know what I mean? Is that it happens? happens. That, it's a cowboy world. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There are people stealing agaves. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That is happening. That is happening. Yeah. Okay. And cool. there's there's a lot of controversy about when tequila runs out of of the Blue Webers, they're being accused of taking Blue Webers out of Oaxaca. Got it. And okay. and, and espadines Understood. and other kinds and Another using case. them in tequila. Yeah. What? Some distillers, some people in the tequila will all come, they, you know, they don't care. Whatever is mature, whatever yeah. they can get, they just get it. And they buy it. it. And in the whatever tequila world, imagine, yeah. imagine taking the pistache for, I mean, nothing, I love tequila, but yeah. imagine take a plant that takes 30 years to mature. Yeah. I understand, I understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So here you go, guys. You. Thank you. Let's do this. This is the tepestate. This is a plant that's 25 Salud. years to get to maturity. All right, and what he's saying is it requires 50 pounds of tepestate for one to make liter. one bottle, one liter bottle, okay? So really high intense amounts of work by these locals to make this spirit happen. How many of them is 50 pounds? How many Well, the those are tall ones as well? No, as tall, no, as tall. No, they're short. They're, they're short. a little shorter. Yeah, it's a little more. Only the Karwinski family are the ones that are tall. Okay, okay yeah. so this is down on the ground and you cut it you how big is the piña bigger than a basketball uh, bigger than the tobala right so bigger, bigger than, than the tobala but not like a volleyball but no as the espadín right yeah. so yeah it's three basketballs maybe oh it's the biggest three basketballs <laughs> yeah, okay all right you know different sizes but you know but at 25 years it seems like they're very fibrous is what what they're saying is to get because it takes 50 pounds that to me means that they're not able to get as much juice out of it even if you add water you're not going to get that much out of it. So that's why it requires more of them to get that fermentation going because there's not that much sugar in it. Yeast needs sugar in order to create alcohol. So you need to get that agave wine going so you can then distill the alcohol off of it and make, make mezcal. But if there's not that much sugar in the plant, then you're, it's not going to ferment. You know what I mean? So you need a lot of it. A lot of it. 
Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tempestades is definitely wild. Definitely. So they have to go out and they have to, again, it goes back to having respect for the land where it's like you have to wait until you think that thing's really mature. You might pass it by a hundred times and not harvest it. Yes. Very, very hard. Some of them grows, you know, on the hills, and you gotta go, you know, climb your hill and, you know, harvest those agaves. So it's a landscape, right? Agave in Oaxaca, they're, they're everywhere. Different species you see, you know, you see in the mountains, in the hills, on the, you know, everywhere. Different but, species, but it's different not regions. Dense. He's making oh, it's it sound. It's not dense. Like, oh, oh no, yeah, no, no, no. no. no it's everywhere, you like, go out like that. There, it's like, just... You'll see one, and then oh, you'll oh. like look way over. You know, there'll be different varietals. Like, it's not like a forest of agaves yeah. at all. It's like rocky, dry, arid land, high altitude, and you're spotting these agaves, and you have to like get on your horse or your burrow and go seek them out. It's, it's incredibly. Incredibly high labor just to harvest them. Yeah, and even if you find them, maybe they're not mature, so yeah. you cannot touch them. Right? So you so. have to travel over there, and then you just get to look at it. Yeah. It's like a little green thing. You go over there, and then you go like, no, no I got that one's not ready yet. So on the next thing. So, so what do you guys think of this tempestate? Stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. What are you reminded of? Vanilla and smoked salmon. What are you getting? It is woody. That's why I'm, I'm getting like. It tastes like straw. Yeah. And, and like. It's something to, to talk about this one too. And the next three we're gonna taste. They're higher proof. They're uh, 92 proof. Oh, now so, we're okay. Yeah, so, so this is 92 proof. 92, 92, 92 proof. yeah. Now we're talking my language. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. That's nice. Well, I'm getting a nice, like, phenolic, like, this nice rubbery smoke, straw. And wood, you know, it's, it's very fibrous in its flavor. But also some dark fruits. I, I can get like maybe prune or plum. So what's the overall production of just the Tepestate? About 800 bottles a year for us. 100? For us. Oh my God. <laughs> they call it even more for Oaxaca, but for us only 800. 800. 800 bottles. So you guys are getting to sip only 800 bottles total. Well, that's what your brain, the only way your brain can put it together is to rely on your memory, you know? So it's gonna, it's gonna keep reaching until it finds it and you're like, fudge sickle, yeah. Cool, so Bambino's Very coming around with the next expression. What's excited. this one gonna be? This is uh, another ensemble, another blend. Oh, cool. We have five wild agaves here. Oh, wow. We have Madrequiche, we have okay. Tobala, okay. we have Tepestate, we have Coyote, and Tobasiche. I, what's coyote? I don't know. I'm not, I'm so, not familiar with that varietal. That is the 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 most scarce kind of agave that we have today in Mexico. It's one scarce? of the ones that is about to extinct in certain regions. Oh, no. uh, we go. We, we have a single expression for that, so we go there. But it's a beautiful mezcal that we need to talk about when we have a single one. So this is this is an ensemble, guys. This is an ensemble, a mix of several wild. There's no espadín in this. No espadín. Five so wild five agaves. Five different wild agaves blended to make this ensemble? About equal parts, you know, percentage for each agave, you know? And one of which together. is the coyote, which is an extremely rare form of agave, is what he's saying. Correct. Coyote. 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 From the Americana family. Uh, something important to mention about the blends, right? So imagine this, in the past, when people were making mezcal, the way that you make it, pretty much you go to the, you know, to the mountains, to the fields, and whatever agave you feel that was mature enough that you can use to produce it, that's the one that you harvest and you use to, do, to your, make your mezcal. So actually, this is kind of like going back to the past, the way that people used to make mezcal. Always was an ensemble. 
It was not really like, oh, I'm going to find a Coyote. I'm going to make my, my Coyote mezcal. It was more like, what's mature? Let's get that. Make my mezcal. So this is a beautiful recipe that the family has been carrying for five generations, like in, you know, in the old times. And that's why it's so special that we have this in the, in the portfolio. Right on. So stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. A totally wild ensemble of convite. Bart, what are you getting? Ham. That's what I thought too. I was like, there's like, like I don't know, like pickled meat or pickled, but it's also protein. There's like a protein smell somehow, like a umami quality. It's, it's smoky, almost meaty, but also brined, like uh, pickles pig's feet or something, which I've never eaten. So tap it over your tongue. Share your experience, guys. What are you reminded of as you sip this beautiful ensemble? I get these deep green tones for me. Like sometimes for me, when I can't figure out the food word, I just reach for colors. I try to think of it, because in the perfume world, when they talk about fragrances, they divide them into to shades. So there's like orange fragrances and purple fragrances and green fragrances. And to me, I, I get into, when I lose my food words, I lean into the colors. So like, this to me is like this beautiful like gray and dark green. Cucumber, that's beautiful. All right, guys, so Bart's going to come around with the next mark, I think. Um, so, again, guys, like, like try to understand. We're, we're really lucky. This is – we're tasting six mezcals side by side. Like, this is such rare juice. It takes so much work to create. Like, it's not like even in – down in Oaxaca, it's not like people sit around and try six different varietals of mezcal in a night. Like, we're really, really lucky. This is insane. So, Julio, tell us about this one. So this is the coyote that we were talking coyote. before. That it was on the blend also. Uh, so the coyote right now is very scarce. So, so this isn't the blend. This is 100% so coyote. Yeah. So Oaxaca. Everything is from San Baltasar, Gelavila, the same region, same Palenque. Uh, so this one takes about 12 years to reach maturity. So the time is not as long as like a tobala, but it's so rare and hard to find. So that's what is very special. Uh, yeah, so not the coyote. So do, how many pounds does it take to make a liter with this one? Uh, uh, I believe it's like 40 pounds for, wow. for this one. But so uh, again, yeah. they're very fibrous. Yeah. They don't offer a lot of sugar or juice, so a little bit hard to work with. But you have to understand, like, for the families that have been doing this for hundreds of years, they're doing this, like, the ensembles are very, very traditional. Like, yeah. you would just do whatever you had. You'd gather whatever was mature, mix it all together, and make a spirit, you know? Like, right. that's what's going to be used for all the festivals in your little village, all the marriages, all the births of the babies. Exactly. The quinceanera. I don't know if everyone does the quinceaneras or not. So a lot of the agaves, you know, you see, you see like the names, uh, but that's the name in the region, right? So this is the name in the region, Coyote, but uh, the agave scientific name is Americana. So, you know, it changes from agave to agave. So for example, if you see a Sierra Negra, it's the same. It's the same plant. It's just a different region, different name. So this is a problem in the mezcal world because you have, because Oaxaca can be so spread out. A lot there's a lot of indigenous languages that like are slightly different from village to village. So in one village they might call the same plant by a different name because they have different languages. So it's now only now are like these scientists starting to go down there and be like, hold on, we're gonna test the DNA and like we're gonna track this out. But that's they didn't do that in the past. They would be like. Oh, you call that one thing, I call it another thing. Who cares? It's delicious, you know? So the Americano species is a big, those are bigger agaves, right? Uh, yeah. They can get very large. Yeah. And they kind of spread out like, 
I always, if you've ever seen the Aztec paintings of Mayayu, the goddess, she looks like this crazy, like, alien space goddess. And I think it's like the Americano or the Mexicano varietal because it's like a big, fat mezcal that, you know, it's got many kind of bent fronds and it just looks like some kind of serpent or something, you know? It's beautiful. So what do you guys think of the coyote? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a palenque. It, it means like a circle, you know, and and that would mean it, it's think of it. It means like a ring. It means like a ring, but like that would be the ring that the tahona is crushing, you know. It also, you know, it, in those villages, it also is the ring in which the community comes together because the person who's making the mezcal is making the medicine for the village. So, I mean, you would use this on injuries, you know, like if you're up in the mountains, like, and you get a bad cut and it gets infected, you put mezcal on it, you know what I mean? Like, it is the medicine of the old world, you know? So the Palenque would be a place that people came together to share spirits. The person who was the master mezcalero is an important member of that community. They're providing medicine for the community. All right, Bart's coming around with our final expression, or we got... This, this is my favorite. Your work, this is your favorite. Bart? Bart's favorite. GM loves it. Miguelito, do you like this one too? All right, what's our last one? I didn't get it yet. All right, you guys, so uh, the final mark tonight. What is this one, Julio? This is the, the Javali. So it's the last of the, also the, another black bottle. So there's two black bottles. That was the Coyote and now the Javali. Uh, wow. So this one is also very special. Uh, this also takes about 25 years in average to reach maturity. Wow. And the output of this one is 100 pounds per liter. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, it's the agave that has both more acidity. Okay. So actually, you know, in your fermenters, in your, in your tinas, you cannot put a lot of them because it blows your, your foam and you will foam? waste a lot of Like, it, yeah. it makes a lot of foam when it's wow. fermented. Yeah, when it's so you cannot feel the, the, the fermenters as long as the, let's say, coyote or... You know, it's You have to put it like kind of halfway or maybe less than that because it's gonna stop room the for them to the foam wow. to graze there. So, Same as in rye whiskey. Yep, yep. And this is the only one in the recipe of the family that they distill it three times. So a lot so of people triple distill, triple distill, yeah, heavily. And that to understand that is like each time you distill, you're losing like a nine to one ratio of volume. Okay, so. A hundred pounds to make a bottle, but they're triple distilling it, which means what would normally, everything else we drank tonight was just double distilled. We distilled that down to one-ninth of what it was, and that's what we got. So yeah, now in, in 25 years for the plant. 25 years Important to mention. My heart is breaking. This is like too rare. <laughs> yeah, that's why have a list are very pricey. We're not worthy to drink this. I don't we have a good enough We are. You have a beautiful mezcaladilla. Oh, yeah, yeah. So 25 years, 100 pounds to create one bottle. Uh, triple triple distilled. distilled. Triple distilled, which means after everything else we had was double distilled. You triple distill it, you're losing nine to one ratio of volume. So it's, it's, it's not strong, it's just so rare, man. Like this is the rarest mezcal you probably ever had in your life right now. It's not about the alcohol content, it's about the volume that you're losing. <laughs> Depending on how hot you run your still, you can control the amount of the of what the proof is coming off the still, all right? But if you're doing it the third distillation, you're killing yourself because you're already 
waited 25 years for the plant to mature. You 100 pounds, for one uh, 100 pounds to make one bottle, and then you choose to triple distill it. So pretty much it's like the impossible spirit. It'd be like, why would you choose such a difficult family recipe? But important to mention, the reason why they distill it three times is because this is a truly 100% javali. A lot of people, when they use javali to produce their mezcal, they use other species to balance the acidity. Ah. So they say it's javali, but they're making, making, putting a little bit of, you know, espadine or something else just to balance the acidity. Right. So, so that's, why, that's why it's a zipper. And the most important is here, that's when we say, Tishbe. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, guys, you so much. Let's give it up it's for the pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. What was the toast? I missed it again. What did you say? Tishbe. Tishbe. What does that mean? Different Zapotec. Oh, okay. Zapotec. It's a Zapotec. Yeah, for Noel. Noel Colon. Rest in peace, my brother. Keep bringing this magic every night. For Noel, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.